Welcome to the Proletarian Contrarian, the leftist podcast dedicated to the reevaluation of your favorite crappy films. I'm Nick. And I'm Lewis. We have here today um, one of one of my least favorite movies that we've seen for the show and and one of the, the most poorly reviewed movies we've done for the show, I think. Yeah. Um it's I would also agree that it's my least favorite that we have watched. Um Well, it's personal for you. Yeah, it's very personal for me. Uh <laughs> 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 so uh, this is RoboCop 3, folks, uh, made in 1993 by Fred Decker, who, um, if the name sounds familiar, it's because he's the hack um, behind Monster Squad, uh, Night of the Creeps, and a few different screenplays uh, co-written by uh, Shane Black, uh, who you might know from Iron Man 3, uh, Lethal Weapon, and a bunch of other bullshit. Um, but, oh, and this film's also co-written by Frank Miller. Uh, so there's, <laughs> there's some interesting dynamics going on in general with this film. They, they mix together like oil and water. Um, the Frank Miller bits in the, in the Decker bits, they, they, they do not mesh well at all. No. Um, and I mean, Miller has more or less, um, you know, I, he didn't remove his name from the film, but I think he wanted to. Um, right. He, he's renounced the film. Um, he blames Fred Decker for, like, its failure. Um, yeah. And I, I, I mean, I'm sure he's right. Literally, no Fred Decker film I've ever seen is good. Monster Squad is trash. It's not even a good cult film. Mm. Whoa, hot take. I mean, I haven't seen it. I just know it's, like, one of those. Yeah. The only funny part of it is when the fat kid keeps saying Wolfman's got nards. Like that's the only funny part. <laughs> that's, that's it. That is that is kind of funny. Yeah, that's how they defeat the Wolfman. They kick him in the nuts. That's it. Hell yeah. Okay, that's that's dumb. That's so, so fucking dumb. <laughs> I, I hate this movie now. Um, but yeah, you can you can tell like there, there's kernels of good ideas, and we can get into that when we get into the plot breakdown. But like the this should have been a comic this should have just been some comic that frank miller just like pol- like polished off like while do- in-, in between doing lines of coke yeah um <laughs> fred decker the the direction um like like the mood and the tone of the direction contrasts so sharply like with the frank miller stuff it it's it just so incredibly awkward and it's so mismatched uh tone and tone and material i think oh yeah mm-hmm well, and thankfully, this was the last movie that, well, no, actually, I'm um, not sure if that's oh. the last movie Fred Decker directed. Um, it might be. I think he co-directed something after this, because uh, Monster Squad and Night of the Creeps are before this, mm-hmm. um, so I think he mostly writes screenplays after this. So, yeah, I'm pretty sure this killed his directing career, so oh, good. Um, um, we're, we're all <laughs> saved. We'll never see another Frank Fred Decker-directed uh, film. We thankfully. did see another RoboCop film, though. We did see, and we yeah, we, we literally saw literally, another RoboCop. Um, saw the 2014 RoboCop. I would actually say that this film is worse than the 2014 RoboCop. Yes, yes. I was I was going to say it in a more positive way by saying that the 2014 RoboCop is better than this. <laughs> but e- even that subtle intonation gives too much credit to 2014. So we'll just say that this movie is worse than the 2014 one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, now this one has some good performances, uh, similarly to the 2014 one. I mean, I think they have a really incredible cast. Besides 
the main actor who plays Robocop in actually both this one and the in the 2014 oh one. My they're God, both awful. yeah um, yeah i i will give uh robert john burke the this version of robocop um a little more credit like the edge i think just because he looks closer yeah to og robocop yeah to peter weller yeah, yeah. i i agree um yeah robert john burke's a really interesting actor um he got his start in indie filmmaking uh he was the star of uh several films by long island filmmaker hal hartley uh he stars in the unbelievable truth from 1989 uh, simple men from 1992 flirt from 1995 and no such thing from 2001 um he was in a lot of other somewhat mainstream films at the same time he was in the the film thinner uh, if you've ever heard of that one it's like nope. uh this um it's kind of like shallow hal but um oh hence thinner i get yeah, it yeah <laughs> yeah it's kind of like that but it's like a horror version of it that sounds kind of amazing and insane <laughs> it could be like a great exploitation movie yeah i mean it more or less is um but he was in that he was in um this film um dust devil which was made by the director of um, uh, the um, the '90s Island of Doctor Moreau film. Uh, actually, he was uh, kicked off of directing that movie uh, <laughs> and replaced yes. by John Frankenheimer. But um, he uh, he did the new Nick Cage um, uh, Lovecraft film. Actually, oh, color, out uh, of color out of space. Yeah. I haven't seen that. Is that good? Uh, I haven't seen it either, but it's on yeah. streaming. I believe you have to pay yeah. for it. But uh, yeah. So, regardless, Robert John Burke had a really interesting career in the late eighties, nineties, early two thousands, um, and then it kind of his career kind of just faltered. He was in Rescue Me, that show with Dennis Leary right the um, fireman yeah show. the fireman show he, he was in um black clansman most recently as like the chief of police of colorado springs but like he's never he hasn't starred in anything in a long time i mean robocop's arguably a secondary character in this movie he is no it's true Th- this is a kid's movie um this is a, a kid actor movie <laughs> the main character yeah uh played by remy ryan um and i was looking up some of the actors and she hasn't done too much since robocop either she she's been in a few tv shows like i don't know she's like 12 in this movie um but she was in a few episodes like a few episodes of law and order or some some shit like that um but not too too much the the um the supporting cast is where it gets really interesting because we have uh bruce Locke, um nancy allen could return as ann lewis uh rip torn yeah Retur- returning Procon um, champion Mako, um, Felton Perry, John Castle, Jill Hennessy, Robert Doki, Bradley Whitford, basically <laughs> playing himself, uh, CCH Pounder, Daniel Von Bargen, uh, Stanley Anderson, Stephen Root, and Jeff Garland. Amazing. Yeah, there's some really interesting names in here, like very, very not very bit characters, but like definitely secondary tertiary characters who are, have like good actors playing them in like really memorable roles. And then they just like die. And then we return to Robocop just like twitching on a operating table. Yeah. You know, and that's also another problem with this film is that 
anything that we've seen in RoboCop 1 and 2 is rehashed in RoboCop 3. Uh, yeah, agonizingly so. Um, there is, I don't think there's like a single like original idea in this movie. One or two, but I mean, it's like they're they're just overwhelmed by like the utter bullshit of trying to like, you know, catch that lightning in a bottle again. It gets back to my um, my my hypothesis that like the the writing at, le- at least like the story like the rough draft like the very the broad strokes of the story had some more like innovative ideas like the idea of like a japanese company taking over ocp um the idea of focusing on like residents of detroit resisting the police like that th- that's not from the original robocop but the directing that the direction of the movie just keeps on using the first two movies as a crutch yeah yeah for sure i think those those two um you know plot aspects are definitely very frank miller um just i mean if anybody's ever read any frank miller like those things just make sense to you because those are definitely part of his kind of worldview um but yeah the problem is fred decker has like no worldview he's just a complete moron just Um, work for hire cipher yeah um you know and maybe this is another hot take but you know he's just it's exactly like shane black like just a a loser I think we've touched on that. Neither one of us really likes Shane Black. I haven't seen a lot of his films, honestly, but um, I don't know. Iron Man 3 just rubbed me the wrong way, so right. I'll never forgive him. Yeah, and I saw Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. And oh, like, God, that movie's for awful. The, <laughs> for the life of me, I can't understand why that's such like a cult hit. People are like, oh, it's so funny and like the, the dialogue, it's so smart and like it's so good. It No, it sucks. It's like... It's like a daytime TV soap. It, yeah, it's I don't know. I don't get it's it. It's funny because the one guy's name is is Gay Perry. You get it, like Gay Perry. No, his, his name's his name's Perry, but because he's gay, right. they call they him call Gay him, Perry. That's right. Yeah, it's, it's, it's very like this, smart. I don't know if you understand like, it. <laughs> this is the Sterling dialogue that you come for. That, like this is the witticism. This is like yeah, the the Tarantino esque bullshit that you like you're looking for, and you say it's good. Yeah, this is not a bashing Shane Black episode. I'm sure we can do one of those in the future. Oh, I, oh, there's, I mean, there's plenty of Shane Black films that are fucking trash. So yeah, um, even just ones that he wrote because he's he's directed very few films, right? Um, uh, but this one, so budget twenty two million, box office ten point six million. <laughs> oh jeez, Jesus, and it gets really bad yes. here. We're 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 really bending the rules on this one. Um. On the tomato meter, it does have a fourteen percent audience score, but the critical score is three percent. Jesus Christ, we are really reaching here. This is probably the outermost movie we've done. Well, I mean, we've gotten some zeros, but honestly, like, I don't know. This, I don't even. This is one of the worst. Honestly, this should be a negative. On, I think it should be a negative score. <laughs> I mean, I'll I'll do my job here. I'll I'll go to bat for some of the episode, for some of the aspects that I that I appreciated. But it just like as a movie, like a, as like a piece of cinema, it no no just bad. Yeah. No, I mean, there's there's really nothing um, like filmically redeemable. There's just nothing that I can think of in terms of direction. Not even like the effects or anything, which is you know what. I think a lot of people probably come to a RoboCop film for like right. None of that's right. good in this movie. No. Um, before we get to the reviews here, speaking of money, 
didn't you donate 10 bucks to the robocop statue if not more than 10 (laughs) uh it's possible yes i did amazing i was getting updates almost every month for like two years about that statue so if you're not familiar there was a kickstarter uh it was called like detroit needs robocop after detroit went bankrupt they were like let's make a robocop statue somewhere like right next to city hall in detroit um and some losers made a kickstarter and it and it was funded like a hundred percent yeah some some fucking losers who would give money who would give money to that um i had just seen robocop i was like super into robocop at the time and uh they like i didn't even get any swag from it like they sent me a pdf like you can print your own button if you want that was it like (laughs) it was such a grift and they obviously never made it there's no robocop statue in detroit um but yeah i gave a substantial amount of money to that (laughs) (laughs) um and you were you were RoboCop at a, a Halloween party one year in college. Yeah. Oh fuck, I forgot about that. Yeah. 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 I made a helmet um, out of paper mache off of an old bike helmet. Um, I had like one of those like um, like it was actually it was a dicky. You know those things? Like it's it's kind of just like the yeah. It looks like you're wearing a turtleneck. Yeah. It looks like you're wearing a turtleneck. Yeah. But it, it it's just the neck part. Yeah. Exactly. But it was like hand crocheted by like i don't know if it was from my grandmother or something i don't know where i found this thing um and then and then i think i had like snow gloves and that was my costume i thought i could have sworn you had some kind of chest piece like um there there, there was like a chest thing and it, like you had your shoulders covered with cardboard as well it's possible it, I, it's possible yeah. it was for someone's birthday it might, and i don't even know if it was actually a halloween party i think it was for someone's birthday and it was like just like dress up like a robot because it's the future or something yes and one of our friends wore a lampshade on his head yes yeah we were all very smart and creative yep <laughs> yeah, this is film school everybody <laughs> <laughs> this is what your uh private bachelor of arts education gets you yep um, gets you a podcast <laughs> yeah gets you gets you a podcast and a and a lampshade on your head <laughs> medium-sized following on twitter um <laughs> we do have a re- uh, section of a review here and lewis said that this was an interesting review and i haven't read it yet so um i'm just gonna go in blind here uh it's from david nusser from uh real film reviews and nusser writes if nothing else the awful robocop 2 did a nice job of lowering viewers expectations for this third installment the best one could hope for is a movie that's not an ordeal to sit through. And on that level, RoboCop 3 certainly <laughs> excels. <laughs> Fucking ridiculous. Okay. Okay, Dave. Uh, when placed side by side with the original, the film doesn't quite hold up. Yeah. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Uh-huh. Say, say that again. <laughs> wow. But at the very least, RoboCop 3 works as a popcorn movie. Something part two couldn't even manage. Okay, fuck you, because I just watched RoboCop 2. I did a Godfather thing for this for this movie series too because i had never seen godfather one or two but then when we did godfather three i watched the first two in preparation and i had never seen robocop two so i watched two last night and then i watched three today um and two's good like two Two is good i'm I'm surprised at how much i like two i was i mean like i wasn't expecting to hate it but i wasn't expecting to like it as much as i did yeah um so this isn't the only time he harps on how much he hates robocop two uh if you want to (laughs) continue Okay. Uh, Despite the absence of series star Peter Weller, RoboCop 3 is a much more satisfying follow-up than the first sequel. (laughs) It just keeps going. (laughs) 
the lack of humor and all-around nastiness of the second one has been replaced by a more adventure-oriented vibe. Director Fred Decker, who also co-wrote, brings a good amount of style to the film. <laughs> an element that was sorely lacking in RoboCop 2. That film had all the style of a sit. What? Had all the style of a sitcom. As a result, the movie has a distinctly family-friendly feel, despite the fact that Robo still shoots to kill. The transformation from ultra-violent gore fest to comparatively docile kitty flick isn't nearly as jarring as it could have been, thanks primarily to the disastrous second installment. Just about anything is preferable to that. So, Irvin Kirshner clearly murdered David Nusser's mother or something. (laughs) (laughs) He has really a personal vendetta against Irvin Kirshner and Robocop 2. (laughs) Jesus, like... He he talks more about RoboCop two in that review than he does RoboCop three. Like the yeah, whole that, he, he has an axe to grind with with two. Uh, he he's just damning three with faint praise throughout this entire thing. Yeah, yeah. Maybe he's just uh, a bigger fan of like Return of the Jedi as opposed to uh, <laughs> Empire Strikes Back. You know what? The three RoboCop movies kind of map to the original Star Wars trilogy because like the first first installment of both of them is like groundbreaking for different reasons yep. still classic still popular um the second one for each one uh darker kind of nastier Irvin Kirshner directed both of them uh and the third one was just like picked up by this like hack director work for hire and much more kitty friendly yeah it's true although Return of the Jedi is uh leaps and bounds better than this film <laughs> yeah 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 not to not to not to give a backhanded insult to Return of the Jedi it's just people clearly prefer the first two. Oh the, yeah, for, sure. I, for and, good and, for good reason. I would say. Yeah, exactly. I, I think that's accurate. And like you said, like people have a certain um, idea about what Return of the Jedi is in terms of the kid friendliness, right? They're like, oh, there's you know Ewoks and, and although Procon is pro Ewok, Procon is pro Ewok. We did two episodes. We actually just released um, uh, the uh, second Ewok episode for free uh, in these in these trying times. Um, by just, I mean by just of recording, uh, because we, yeah. by the time this one comes out, it, it had been weeks or at least a week. So, um, right. but, uh, check out our, uh, unlocked episodes. We might have two unlocked episodes by the time this one airs. That's true. That is true. Um, so I guess to get into our loathsome content, which is the entire fucking movie, um, we can start off with the, with the obvious one. Uh, this is PG 13. It is not yeah. a rated R Robocop. Yeah. The, the first PG 13 uh, Robocop. That's not good. Um, like the first one is infamous. It has like the the ED two hundred nine just disintegrating the guy in the in the boardroom scene, right? Um, before I even saw RoboCop, and I think the first time I saw RoboCop was with you at the Brattle Theater in Boston. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, we did. There was a RoboCop um, Starship Troopers double feature. Um, is that when Paul Verhoeven spoke? as well i never i never saw verhoeven okay. in person. he was uh he came in person to the brattle theater um, oh cool i was i went i forget what movie it was i think it was robocop i um he, he was doing a book signing for his book about jesus because he wrote a book about jesus yes <laughs> about the historical <laughs> jesus yes that actually sounds kind of interesting um but like yeah that that's the only thing i knew about robocop before i saw it just like how violent it was um and also just quick on the jesus thing that scene where robocop is is walking in the shallow water that's supposed yes. to like represent jesus mm. it's like what the yeah. hell it's so amazing 
We get some of the the Christ imagery in this film too, um, but it's Anne Lewis as opposed to his partner, as opposed to Robocop. Sure. Yeah. 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 That that is true. Um, but yeah. So like you, you when, when I when I say like that this this episode's personal for you, like you really love Robocop. Yeah. Big fan of the original. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't know where that came from. I think I had, oh, well, you know what? I had seen it. Uh, I guess I've seen numerous double features of RoboCop and Starship Troopers, actually, because uh, where I'm from mm-hmm. on Long Island, there's a small uh, independent theater that did uh, midnight uh, double features. And uh, my cousin and I, my cousin, my cousin Vinny, yes, I have a cousin Vinny. Uh, <laughs> he's great. Shout out if you're listening. You're not, I know, but shout out if you ever listen to us. Um, he he was like, hey, you want to see this movie RoboCop and uh, this other movie Starship Troopers? And I had heard of both. I had never seen them. I, I was a fan of the, there was a RoboCop like animated kids show. Yes, there's a RoboCop cartoon. Yeah, I, I had seen that and I had like toys and stuff, but I had never seen the movies because <laughs> I was too, I was too young, you know, when they came out, of course. Sure. I wasn't even alive when the first one came out. Um, I was, mm-hmm. you know, probably a few months old when the second one came out in 1990. And that was the first movie you ever saw in theaters? Yes. It's <laughs> a RoboCop 2 in theaters. <laughs> That'd be fucking dope. I actually have no idea what the first movie I saw in theaters. Um, Do you know what mine was? What was yours? Jurassic Park. In theaters? Yep. Fuck. Um, I, my dad brought me, oh, my parents brought me and like, I kept falling asleep because I was so young, but like, I fucking love dinosaurs and, um... I, I finally made it through like the entire movie at one point, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> My cousin Sam, I don't think his, this was his first movie. But one of his first movies, we saw uh, the Godzilla, the '90s Godzilla, with my cousin Ooh, Sam, okay. and he was pretty little at the time, and like he got scared the whole time, and he would, like he, wait, the Matthew Broderick, yeah, one? the Matthew Broderick one. Ah, you got scared yeah, of that so, one. He, he's pretty, he was pretty <laughs> younger than me. And he was, he just like wanted to leave the theater like every minute. He like, he would just come up to like each one of us, like me and my cousins and my uncle and my, and my dad. He'd be like, we could just leave now. It's, it's fine. Let's just leave now. <laughs> That's so great. Oh my God. This is the Lewis Cousins episode. It, it, it always devolves into that somehow. But, yeah. but I saw a double feature when I was, uh, I think in maybe my senior year of high school of both RoboCop and Starship Troopers. Uh, and then from there, uh, you know, I, I, I fell in love with Paul Verhoeven's, uh, filmography. Right. right. Uh, and I, I studied abroad in the Netherlands and that's where he's from. He's Dutch. Uh, and I just, I watched a bunch more because of that as well. Cause you know, him and, and Rucker Hauer, who is, uh, RIP, who just died Depression last year, piece. uh, who's in a, a lot of his films, um, are, yeah, they're Dutch, and I was I just I, I watched a bunch when I was in the Netherlands as well. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I had never seen RoboCop um, until college, really. Like, I, I just had some vague idea of it, and including that ED two hundred nine scene. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm reasonably certain the first time I saw it was at a double screening. Um, no, you know what? The first time I saw it was not at a double screening. It was in uh, Coolidge Corner Theater with some other people at at college and it wasn't with you um but yeah the first time i saw it was then and um yeah it's it's like a good movie like there 
it has like oh it's like robocop that's like a goofy genre like picture or whatever but there there's this undercurrent of like social commentary and um like this ruthless satire of like fascist imagery and fascist thought because Verhoeven infamously i think he grew up um under nazi occupation he did. of the netherlands yeah he did. yeah so mm-hmm. that that definitely drives like the politics of, of films like starship troopers and like robocop um and two has some of that to some extent but like one of the worst things about this movie it's like in addition to just being a hollow remake of the first two uh there, there's just no ideology present um or, or little ideology present and uh whatever ideology is there it's very very tame yeah it's tame it's inconsistent um i just yeah i think fred fred decker doesn't have an ideology just like he has no directorial style or flourish um i you know nor does he (sighs) even have like you know um, certain screenwriting flourishes like that's probably why he like co-writes with shane black all the time because like shane black at least has something he sets everything at christmas although this movie is also set this movie's at christmas, christmas too, too. Yeah. so maybe i don't know maybe that's fred decker thing i, I can't remember monster squad if that's set during christmas which is so weird because like it there was no snow at all in the whole movie no snow and fucking detroit has snow and see, you could a, a smarter screenwriter would have said like, "Oh, it's it's the the heat waves, it's the it's the global warming," because like, Robocop always has like this ridiculous like social like new, news bits and social right. commentary. So they could have said that like, "Oh, it's a fir- it's like the fifth year with no snow for all for Christmas in Detroit or whatever." But like, no, it just goes in commentary. No, it's just because they have a twenty-two million dollar budget and they couldn't make fake snow. <laughs> like, yeah. I mean, that's probably why. That's, that's why. That's that, that's exactly why. Um. Uh, there's a lot of other stuff we hate about this movie, but I, let's let's dive into the plot and then we can talk about what we hate throughout because I don't want to I don't yeah. want to give it all away up front here, guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> there, there's some there's some good shit. Um, um, so I guess like the conceit, like the driving thing that kicks off the plot to some extent is um, this Japanese corporation, um, Kanemitsu. Yeah, this Japanese corporation Kanemitsu uh, is is trying to buy OCP because OCP, in kind of a flip of the tables, they're they're doing they're they're struggling economically, um, and th- and that's an interesting starting point at least. And I, I I would credit Frank Miller with that, just to be completely unfair to Decker. Yeah, <laughs> like, uh, it's got to be Frank. It's got to be Frank Miller, honestly. And it's in the whole the whole um, Japanophile kind of weeaboo <laughs> weeaboo. Um, angle that is very much frank miller in in the idea of like 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 the dangerous allure of like of the foreign orient like that that was very much a thing in um the late 80s and early 90s because like japan was on the upswing then right they had like their they had their huge economic like the 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 japanese miracle of the 90s yeah um the uh, but lean production as we've talked about before a little bit yeah yes Um, this is it's definitely yeah, it definitely plays into that. But also, it's I don't know, it's also kind of late for, like, 1993 to have a movie about that. Like, I feel like it's, I mean, it's close, but, you know, the Japanese lean manufacturing, it was even more popular in the 80s, and that's when you get the film, uh, you know, like, Gung Ho um, with Batman himself uh, playing, a, you know, a factory leader. Um, it's directed by Ron Howard, which it's maybe one we can do for this podcast because it was not well-received at all. This is funny. Um, 
Wikipedia, I did some more live action research um, on their Japanese economic miracle um, article. They they put the they pegged the end of it at 1992. So like oh. this movie is a year too late. This movie is a year this too movie. late. When they were filming it, it was yeah. relevant <laughs> because the, yeah, because there there was like there were, there was like the, their economy bubbled in basically in that that's like what right. led to the the troubles of the 90s okay so that makes sense yeah um, right oh because then that that's when they have like the whole like silent decade is right after that yes yeah. yes yes yeah damn um so yeah that that sets the stage at least and well, OCP, we should maybe I, explain who ocp is for the folks at home who have not seen oh, any yeah. of the robot cop films um so they take so place in Pulp- detroit um, in somewhere in the early 80s, um, early to mid 80s, just like the actual uh, first film, which I believe is 87. Um, that's not, that's late 80s. That's not mid 80s. I don't know what I'm saying. Okay, so Detroit, r- the first Robocop does take place in a dystopian future. Is it a dystopian Meaning- future? I mean, Wikipedia says in a dystopian future. Okay, so it, it, it very much looks like 80s Detroit, but yeah. uh, it is a dystopian future Detroit uh, where very much like, you know, uh, what, 08, 09 Detroit goes bankrupt. Yeah, Paul, Paul Verhoeven has an uncanny knack for predicting shit um, in in all of his, like, the, all, all the movies that I've seen at least, like the movies that people know him for. Yeah, I mean, um, I think Starship Troopers is, is is very prescient in terms of oh, yeah. um, our Middle East policy. Um, yeah, Total Recall is probably prescient. I can't think of something specifically at this moment, but ironically enough, you you ha- you have um, incomplete recall. <laughs> <laughs> the sequ- the remake of uh, Total Recall is one we can do in the future. Oh damn! <laughs> I think Jesus. the Colin Farrell. Wait, so they, they remade Total Recall. Yes. They remade Robocop. Yes. When are they going to remake, like, an unironic, more Heinlein-leaning remake of They've Starship tried. Troopers? They've been meaning to yeah. for, for years Jesus. now. They've talked about it, um, but it hasn't happened. Yeah. When are they going to remake Showgirls, too? That one, I don't know. I don't, I don't know <laughs> if they, anybody would want to touch that with a 10-foot pole. I don't think any, That's like, true. you know, producer or distributor would touch that at this point, but... <laughs> That's true. Um, uh, anyway, back to RoboCop, back to RoboCop 3. 3. Um, so Detroit, well, actually, we're going back to RoboCop 1. So Detroit one. is more or less <laughs> bought out by OCP. This corporation it stands for Omni Consumer Products. Um, basically Amazon. Basically Amazon. And then uh, they also they buy the cops as well. Um, so the, the police force for RoboCop 1 and 2 are owned by OCP. Um, mm-hmm. I believe they might actually still be by robocop 3 they they are but they introduce the um the rehabs the the, the rehabs yeah. the, the super cops the who, super who cop are veterans veterans of the amazon wars yes. and that that's a very frank miller thing too yes. like an allusion to like civil unrest in the wider world like that that is such like dark knight returns yeah. stuff and and that stuff's good like that kind of like quote-unquote world building that they allude mm-hmm. to but and that's a reference not, to robocop 2 because in robocop 2 one of the uh fake news broadcasts talks about a nuclear reactor in the amazon exploding and yes. irradiating the whole rainforest so yes. i assume oh, that my. is what they're referring to yeah yeah damn okay so point point to robocop 3 for 
carrying for it like forward. that, and then then that's it. That's the only point I'm giving yeah. it. Uh, <laughs> point to point to Frankie Miller for keeping decent notes yeah. of his stuff, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. I mean, because we, yeah, we should say that uh, Frank Miller also co-wrote RoboCop Two. Right. Uh, he's in RoboCop Two as well as a uh, <laughs> as a, a, a drug scientist. There's a uh, a drug called Nuke. Uh, that uh, yeah. he he he's one of the scientists who uh, who uh, synthesizes this drug. Yeah, and he gets blown up to smithereens. Yeah, that's um, pretty great. Um, but yeah, so uh, OCP is looking to kind of um, make a robotic police force. Uh, they have these giant robots called the ED-209, but uh, they're hard to control and they just kill random people. So they want to add the yeah. human element. Um, Alex Murphy, uh, this uh, great cop uh, played by uh, Peter Weller, is killed during a, um, a, a heist gone wrong um, of, of an armored car. Um, they take the, what remains of his body and, and, and make him RoboCop. Um, and that's the first film. And the first film's more or less just a simple revenge film. He just, Robocop gets yeah. revenge on, on, on the, the, the thugs who killed him. That's kind of it. And the, um, the, so, some elements of OCP who created him. Too. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. The, the, crucial, like, not the CEO, but, you know, his, like, VP. Vice president yeah, or something. Whatever yeah. that guy is. Um, and actually, that that's a good tie into one of the other things I liked about three. Um, so Dan O'Hurley, um, he he's from uh, Halloween three season, The Witch. He was the old man, the the um, the president of Robocop of, of of OCP in Robocop one and two. Um, he's not in three because I, I think he passed away in real life. The actor, but um, I don't think by that time he passed away more recently because he's in Twin Peaks. Right, right. He's um, Andrew Packard in Twin Peaks. Um, I think he just got fucking fed up with these movies. <laughs> sure, great. Yeah, I don't blame him. <laughs> yeah, he died um, in 2005. But his character dies in between Robocops 2 and 3. Um, and, and that's, like, depressingly accurate to real life. Like, these scumbag executives and, and, and CEOs, they do horrible shit. They get away with it. And they die peacefully at old age, happy, and surrounded in wealth. Yeah. And, like, that's it. Like, that, that's how the world works. <laughs> like, no, it's true. And 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 he he wasn't around for like the downfall of his of his company that he made. He 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 died at like the peak of OCP's power, um, and you, you just had a good life and a good death, and that's that. Like, yeah, it's it's pretty incredible. I mean, because at the end of RoboCop two, after he makes um, <laughs> he makes a RoboCop two, he makes another robot um, yes. that is um, made from the uh, the psychopath um, uh, de- drug dealer uh, slash uh, kind of prophet um, character. He just gets away with it. Like the, the end of that movie is like him literally just getting in a limousine and just like driving off, not answering any like questions from journalists. And he has a Patsy set up like the, the crazy scientist lady that created RoboCop too. Yes. Like he, he, he discusses with, uh, Who's his, his buddy? Uh, his Johnson is, is the character's Johnson. name. Yeah. Jo- he's like, Johnson, like, pin it all on her. Yeah, yeah. And he's like, oh, yeah, right away, sir. And, like, that's it. So, like, he's going to get off Scott Free. Yeah. Um, RoboCop 2 is great. Uh, honestly, I, you know, yeah. I think direction wise, it's not as good as RoboCop 1, but that's just because, Definitely like, nobody is paul verhoeven uh, especially not irving kirshner like right. irving kirshner right. is a very good director for hire um much better director yeah. for hire than fred decker um but he doesn't really have the stylistic flourishes that paul verhoeven does 
um, and Paul Verhoeven, I mean, that was his first sci-fi film. He had no interest in making RoboCop, um, but he was talked into it by his wife, actually. They were on holiday at the beach, and his wife was like, no, you should probably do this movie. It's, like, smart. It's good. And he was like, okay, I will do it. Uh, and then he, and then he made it. Um, that's ex- that's. I had no idea that's how this mo- how they roped him into doing yeah, RoboCop. Yeah, he had no interest. He thought sci-fi was stupid. And then, and but then you know he has three incredible sci-fi films. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, he's the man. Um, who are some other supporting cast members? Oh, Bradley Whitford, Bradley, uh, Whitford. another OCP yes. underling, uh, essentially playing himself in real life, like the West Wing shit lib douchebag. Um, he basically plays like a like like third in command of OCP at this point, something like that. Yeah, uh, his um, name is Fleck. The, it's pretty yeah, great. Just, <laughs> just just complete sexist misogynist douchebag and um he's he's working under uh the new ocp president rip torn yes. r.i.p yeah is he um, also dead was, oh yeah he recently died right yeah ev- everyone was making the r.i.p oh, torn yeah. joke yeah, of course yeah. of course rip torn was a cool guy um yeah, he he was interviewed in. Um, I knew you were going to bring this up. <laughs> did you? Uh, <laughs> yes. Instead, Circle's book working. Uh, yeah, and it's 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 just, it's a good it's a good interview. They just talk about how Hollywood is trash, basically. Yeah, no, Rip Torn's great. He's would, would you call him like a character actor? Yeah, sort of. I think he kind of he vacillates between being sure you know kind of just Rip Torn. Yeah, and then sometimes being a character actor. I think sure. uh, certain points of his career, it's just like, well, this is Rip Torn being Rip Torn, and then there's some other times where he can, you know, just kind of be this character actor on, on the sidelines of a film. But um, I think the the two poles of that are like Men in Black. He's basically playing himself, um, and then like <laughs> in Freddy Got Fingered. <laughs> <laughs> He plays his dad, right? And, and he plays yeah. the dad. Daddy, would you like some sausage? Daddy, would you like some sausages? <laughs> and he gets pissed off. He's like, Aah! and he grabs the incredible. <laughs> he grab he grabs his sausages and pulls them down. Tom <laughs> <laughs> Green gets gets pulled up because his fingers are tied. <laughs> oh shit! Oh god, I'm sorry. It's quarantine brain, folks. I'm kind of loopy right now. <laughs> uh, yeah, Rip Torn is great in um, the Man Who Fell to Earth the david bowie mm. alien movie cool um okay. I, and i would say that's one where like he's more of a character actor in that one like he he like he plays sure. the role he's supposed to play i think he's a journalist in that one um maybe he's, no no he's a professor he's he's a he's a college mm. professor of like science um who some company i think um david bowie's company because uh, when he, he's an alien who uses alien technology to become rich so then he can get back to his alien planet and he like consults a Riptorn or something. Um, so he's great sure. in that. Uh, Riptorn is great. Um, but yeah, he's he's just the unnamed CEO in this movie. Yeah, that, that's a that's a neat little writing quirk in, in all these movies that the, the the presidents of OCP never have names because Daniel Harley is called the he's called the old man. Yes, right. Like we never find out we never find out his yeah. name. That that's like a nice tiny tiny little detail. Um, CCH Pounder, uh, who's great. She plays a she she's the leader of a street resistance gang that is um trying to retain control of the of the detroit homes and neighborhoods um she she was in the shield um i think that's probably her most famous live action role but she's also where i know her from she's the 
original voice of Amanda Waller in the DC animated yes. universe. Um, and she is Amanda Waller for me. She has that voice and the persona and everything. Um, but she's good. She's good in this. She's just, it's kind of a, I won't say a thankless role, but just like a very like rote role. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that's just unfortunately the role mm. everybody gets in this movie, a, a, a fairly yep. rote character, um, you know, doesn't really go outside the bounds of, of what they're supposed to do. Except Bradley Whitford. He gets a little bit to play with, I think. Yeah, he does. But he's barely in it too, you know? Yeah, he, yeah, he does pretty quickly. Yeah. Um, good uh steve yeah i know <laughs> steven steven root he plays another resistance fighter but he will get into his his character arc such as it is uh in a little bit um and mako our boy mako yes. he is the president of um kometsu yeah yeah he only speaks in japanese which is cool yep, yep. it is cool um he has a and a private army of of ninja cyborgs. Yes, the Atomo. Fucking awesome. I think they're called. Yeah, the uh, the Otomo robot line. Yeah. Um, yeah, they're just all identical. It's it's the same actor that plays all of them, but like, just ninja meditating in a, in a like a Zen garden when yes. we first see him. It's it's so it's so, it's so good. it's so Frank Miller. It's so Frank Miller. Yeah. Oh my god. I love it. It's something. It's something right out of like the Ronin comic that he did. Right? Yeah. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Or even you know like the um the the female ninja assassin lady from the Sin City comics, um, Miko. Yes, um, yep. we're just I mean there's countless or stuff. Electro, Electra, right? I mean all of the the stuff about you know, the hand from right. um, Daredevil, um, right. which I recently finished. Uh, Daredevil, uh, Born Again, folks. Hell yeah, uh, check That's it good. out. It's good. Is that the one with uh, Nuke in it? Yeah, the that's the one with Nuke. Yeah, yeah. it's it's yeah, great. Um, yeah, David Masticelli, who also did um, Batman Hell Year yeah. One, it, it's yeah. just unfortunate that he did so few like superhero comics. I mean, because it's it's gorgeous. It's gorgeous. It's He's such incredible, an incredible yeah. artist. Um, just very like sleek, toned down style. Um, mm-hmm. But you know, his compositions are just on point. Um, it. It's it's like realistic yeah. without being overly realistic, mm-hmm. like like a guy in a in a bat a bat suit or like a devil suit, but it looks real, but it doesn't look absurd. Yeah, yeah, I think that's right. Um, he just he he understands like the hard boiled aesthetic really well, mm-hmm. um, and it's just a shame that I think those are the only two like runs of like superheroes he ever did, and I think he did mostly like just like little one offs here and there. Um, but uh, check it out, folks. Uh, both Batman Year One and uh, Daredevil: Born Again, written by Frank Miller, uh, drawn by David Muschelli, are are worth checking out. Um, this is this is probably the worst we've ever done. Actually, talking about the movie that we're reviewing, <laughs> I, I we are forty five minutes into our episode. <laughs> we have not talked about this fucking plot at all. You know what? Fuck it. Fuck it. Well, we're break. We're breaking new ground. We'll just run through the plot really quick, yeah, and then we'll quick. just rag in the movie. Yes, That's real it. quick. So, okay. so yeah, OCP is bankrupt. They're in danger of being bought up by um, the Japanese company. Um, they if if OCP can evict all the residents from this uh, this neighborhood, Cadillac Heights, um, Cadillac Heights specifically, they can buy that land, and then their stock will go up, and they will not have to sell to Japan. Right. Um, in the midst of this, uh, the resistance. People's Army, whatever, are fighting back against the cops. Uh, this little girl, uh, I forget her name, Nico. Nico. Yeah, 
yeah, she is orphaned. Um, and she's like a technical whiz and she falls in with the resistance fighters. Um, she helps them get guns. She hacks an ED-209, which is kind of funny and like cutesy and whatever. But it goes nowhere. They don't even use the ED-209 later. Nope. Stupid bullshit. They had that prop line around and they, they used it for that scene. That's it. Um, yeah, so she falls in with them, uh, Robocop, he does some Robocop shit. He saves, um, his partner, Officer Lewis, um, from an ambush by the, the, another Frank Miller staple, this apocalyptic, uh, street punk gang. What are they called? Splatter punks. Where they have like this graffiti of like a skull with a mohawk and that's how you know it's their territory. Yeah. Uh, and they and they talk in like some slang, and it is just like the slang from the Dark Knight yeah, Returns, yeah, the, mutants. The, the mutants. Yeah. 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 Um, oh, and there's there, there's a cool shot. They throw they they light Robocop on fire, but he just keeps walking through and shooting people, and he looks pretty badass oh, yeah, on fire. Yeah, yeah. Then and he they just go into like a gun store and like the sprinkler puts him out. Oh, and he catches a bullet too. Yes, that's right. Yeah, yeah. When that was he cool. when he he's like on an off ramp of a highway, he he breaks through that with his car. That plot, his car just like plops down perfectly on mm. its wheels. He gets out and catches a bullet, like and saves his partner and Lewis. <laughs> yep. <laughs> um. So uh, while Robocop and Lewis are on their beat, they go to a church where the resistance people are hiding with Nico. They go in and they're like, "Oh, these people need help or whatever." But then, what are the super cops called? The, the rehabs. Evil? The rehabs, yeah, that, that, I don't know what's hard to remember. The rehabs come, they're like, oh, we're going to evict everyone and arrest them, and if you resist, we'll shoot you down. Um, Officer Lewis is killed in this confrontation. And this um, is when Robocop, Robocop picks her up, like uh, the statue, the Pieta, La Pieta. Yeah, he, and he, he puts, he lays her down on the altar and, like, kneels down. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, he's damaged really badly, but he escapes with the resistance fighters. The resistance fighters, like kind of repair him but they need more help so they recruit dr lazarus which is another <laughs> jesus metaphor <laughs> who it, it, dr lazarus was she in episode the uh, episode robocop one uh, two? i think she's in two i don't think she's mm. in one yeah but she she's the uh police officer uh tech who keeps robocop like does, does maintenance yeah on. she kind of she's kind of in love with him as well there's a weird it's very uncomfortable very, <laughs> very formless very awkward and very unresolved like sexual tension yeah. between her and robocop nothing happens between them no um but yeah they, they get her because she had been fired by the cops anyway for for not wiping robocop's memory um, <laughs> not wiping his ass <laughs> no we're just Oh, and we should mention, um, douchebag Bradley Whitford hits on her like really obnoxiously and really like insultingly. And then when he goes back to OCP the next day, he's fired for fucking something up. And then he shoots, oh, yeah. himself. <laughs> he shoots himself off screen. That's right. That, and the, the lead up to that was funny. Cause like we, we see like the OCP stocks plunging and then we see, we see this other random executive, his wife's on this telescreen. She's like, honey, it's not that bad. And there's like a bottle of whiskey yeah. on his desk. And then he just opens the window and he, <laughs> he jumps, jumps out. out. <laughs> like that was funny. Like yeah. that's the good like ultra violent RoboCop one stuff. Right. But in RoboCop one though, we would actually like see him splat against the ground. Like in this one, it's just like he. We do see him fall, but like that's it. Well, he, when we cut to outside, we do. 
we do see him fall, but we don't see him hit the ground because yeah. it's like behind a car. Yeah, it's, it's like behind a barrier or something. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, in the midst of all this, as RoboCop is being uh, fixed and like, I guess, joining the resistance side or whatever, which is stupid. Um, the President Mako, he sends over the Otomo uh, cyborg to, to kill RoboCop. I, I assume that's why. It's very vague. I, I forget why. We just get like this ominous look at the at the cyborg in his in his like meditation chamber. Yeah, that's about it. Uh, so that happens. Uh, we find out Stephen Root is a traitor because he sells out the resistance to <laughs> to the rehab uh, officers um, when they're in a in a whorehouse. Oh um, yeah. Robocop tracks him down. He almost kills them, but Stephen Root in the the rehab. Um, Lieutenant, Commander, I, think, I guess. I forget what his whatever title is. Sergeant, Douche, whatever. He, yeah. He gets away. Uh, he Robo, he gets in a chasing with Robocop. Robocop um, acquisitions a pimp's pimp mobile yes. to chase after. This is the best part. <laughs> the, the rehab doctor, the rehab officer. God, what happens after that? Well, uh, the only the, good part about the pimp mobile is when he's chasing the rehab officers. The rehab officers, like, I don't know if they have an armored car or something, but they throw, like, a shit ton of money out the window while, like, they pass these kids playing, like, street hockey. And then all the children, like, jump in the street and that blocks Robocop and his pit mobile. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Also, um, rehab officer, he, he shoots the pit mobile with, like, guns and, like, machine guns and grenade launchers and yeah. shit. And it just keeps falling apart until it looks like like a Simpsons hit and run. Yes, uh, car. Yes. And it's because Homer's Homer's sedan in Simpsons hit and run is pink. That's right. And so I kept thinking like parts falling out. Like he was like doing it, that. Yeah, it does yeah. look like Homer's sedan. Shit, I haven't played that game in forever. Uh, it's a fun game. Um, I like Road Rage better. Simpsons Road Rage. Okay. Yeah, the one where you don't get out uh, of the car. I did like it. Yeah, I liked getting out of the car and like it, it it's kind of like a softer version of GTA. Yeah. Yeah. You don't you don't kill people. <laughs> no, you just like kick them. Yeah. Um So yeah, there everything is leading up to this big battle cuz OCP is desperate so they want to just bulldoze the neighborhood like damn damn the inhabitants. But this is where the really shitty politics of the movie come into play cuz the the real cops of Detroit, the good ones, the ones with community spirit they're like, no, we're going to quit and we're going to help these citizens defend their neighborhood yeah. against the evil psychopathic uh, super cops who are bad. Yeah, no, I mean, so um, th- th- this has always been, as I become more radical in my politics, kind of a, a you know, a pet peeve of mine with the RoboCop series is that, um, well, he's a cop, first of all, but then like the politics around the actual police officers themselves are... are fairly ideologically bankrupt um so in the first one like the cops go on strike after ocp buys them out and um they're ordered to like kill robocop they're like no fuck this it's bad we're gonna go on strike so you're supposed to like sympathize with them there in the second film they're on strike the whole time uh, and then they like team up with robocop at the end and then in this one, they're no longer on strike, and then they team up with the resistance people. And it's just like, wh- in what world would this happen? Would never happen. <laughs> it would never. In in, in Decker's brain dead fantasy right. line. It's like, I mean, you know, I don't expect everybody to know like the history of, of policing in America, but 
I mean, just like just do a modicum of research, and you would realize like that. Police in America have always been at odds with the working class. Like, I mean, literally, the state police were created to break up strikes, minor strikes in Pennsylvania. Like, I. Well, to be, to be fair, like the average cinema goer or the average like Hollywood person would would have no idea about right. That. Would love cops. You know, I mean, like every yeah. film for eons and eons has been about yeah. how cops are good, right? I mean, like or or at the, or at the very least, it it is. The, the the vocation of of being a police officer is is, is essentially neutral and right. it's like the the man or the woman who rises to to that or becomes corrupt right you know but even if you look at like films like dirty harry which you know you can argue whether or not it's actually supposed to be you know um like this fascist film or if it's supposed to be mm-hmm. um you know kind of a satire Satirical. of, of mm-hmm. that kind of fascism like most people don't get it, right? Like most people watch it and they're just like, "He's cool." Right. Like, yeah, kill that Zodiac killer guy. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, most people think RoboCop's awesome, and that's it. Like right. the, I, I, I think you can definitely take a leftist read of RoboCop. Like the idea, like th- this, this man is not even allowed to die. Like the police, the police force will like literally resurrect him, right, and turn him into a machine, like just to keep go, like keep pushing him and keep using him. Um, I think that's a valid leftist read of of the concept of Ro- of Robocop anyway. No, I think that's but true. Like, I think that it's definitely there. Um, I saw a funny meme recently. It's actually by a graphic artist, a Teenage Stepdad. If any of you yeah. know him, he's pretty great. Uh, he just started, or she, I don't know. Um, they. They. Let's go with that. Um, they've made some uh, prints recently that you can buy. And one of them uh, that was... Uh, released last week i believe it's uh it's a picture of robocop and it says uh robocop would be such a tragic figure if he wasn't a cop <laughs> it's true folks uh yeah. and that's that's one of the things i thought what one of the missed biggest missed opportunities of this movie that that's there um because robocop he he does kind of break free of his programming yeah um and he does it he has to be partially destroyed to get there but like he he kind of he he does kill ocp officers at the end he 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 finds a way or the plot finds a way to let him ignore his his uh number four his fourth programming right right like his fourth rule. yeah his his fourth directive prime directive that he cannot harm ocp uh officers or representatives um right which is uh, programmed out in the first one um, so he can kill the VP guy whose name escapes. Me. No, 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 no. It, it they don't program it out. Oh, um, right. Old the old man. The fires old man him. fires him. That's right. Yeah. yeah so it's right. Of course, he, we're, we're not we're not gonna get we're not gonna let him turn. We're not gonna let the Robocop possibly turn loose on us. Right. Like, yeah. He just fires him, so he's allowed to shoot him. Um, and then in the second one, um, he's actually given like a whole new host of directives he's just like hundreds and hundreds of directives like, be polite have a have a cheery disposition yeah like you know cross look both ways where you cross the street shit like that and it'd be he becomes like corporate cuck robocop it's pretty great yeah. <laughs> it's great. um but in this in this one the biggest change he does is he gets a machine gun and a flamethrower arm right yeah um but he he's his directives are changed in this one because the little girl is good at computers. So she has this like giant right. blocky computer that she carries around. Um, yeah, like a 
dot matrix computer. Yeah, and she can change his programming. Now, in the second one, his programming was changed from uh, being a total cuck um, because he like being having his no directives. I think at the end of RoboCop two. Um, uh, yeah, I'm not sure if he just goes back to his original his, programming yeah. or not. Well, yeah. it, it at least deletes number. four. For because he kills no I, I guess he doesn't kill no, he any doesn't. OCP people in the second one so it probably just restarts it yeah just yeah I think it, it just resets um, um, he he electrocutes himself at like a transformer basically yeah that was <laughs> that's funny um, oh I guess the other big thing in three is he gets a fucking jetpack yeah no the jetpack is ridiculous it's all I remember about this film because um, I feel like I had seen this film when I was younger. Um, or at least I was aware of this film when I was younger and I remembered the jetpack and I remembered his gun arm. Um, mm. but, uh, yeah, they're, they're both ridiculous. Um, the gun arm like solely exists so that like action scenes last two seconds, uh, because yeah. Fred Decker just can't direct action scenes. I mean, literally the, the climactic fight between resistance and cops on one side and rehabbers, you know, mercenary cops on the other side. I mean, it, it lasts if five minutes, I mean, that that's being generous. Like it's just, it, it takes no time at all for it to be over just because no. RoboCop gets his jetpack and like, launches a rocket at a tank and then like just mows everybody else down and it's it's over <laughs> and when he fights the atomo robot before this it's so disappointing because like they built this robot this cyborg ninja guy up so much like he has i like his outfit like he has this cool dark like black suit he has like cowboy boots and, yes. and like ra- round sunglasses yes. on um he looks badass and then like he has a sword and everything and you think it's gonna be cool and then he does a somersault like three three somersaults over robocop kicking him down and then robocop gets up and then he jumps over him kicks him down again he gets up again and like they, ju- they yeah. just do that a couple times um otomo cuts his arm off he puts the machine gun arm and he blows him up yeah that's it that's it yeah the, like the last time he knocks robocop down robocop just like happens to land right next to his machine gun arm so lazy um, so lazy like, just Oh, this is convenient, just right next to my gun. <laughs> and then he just does the Indiana Jones thing, right? Like, he yep, just shoots yep. the guy with the, with the sword. Like, it's just so fucking lazy, this movie. Uh, I guess the climax is in the OCP, the suite, the the top office yeah. in the in the building. But again, lazy. Like, there's, there's two yep. Atomo robots, and you're like, yep. oh, cool. Like, he's going to have to try and figure out, like, how to kill them. And then just, like, the girl just hacks into them and makes them cut each other's heads off. Oh, God. That, that pissed me off so much because, like, yeah, like, like Robocop barely won against one. And, and in, like, scre- in, like, screenplay terms, that's good, right? Like, you escalate the threat. Like, okay, he he fought one and he was kind of a match for it, but he barely won. So how is he going to beat two? Right. So it's like, oh, the the stakes are higher now. But then, like, the... The stupid little 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 kid sidekick comes in and hacks them yeah. both and makes them cut but each other's heads off. But it's also established previously that she has to hack into things, you know, with wire, like with yep. with an actual wired yep. connection. She hacks into ED two two hundred nine, but like yep. here, just randomly, she can just use Wi Fi, something that like didn't even exist at the time. Yeah, where th- th- this is still very much an analog future. This is not like a right. a, a digital wireless future. So like it doesn't hold up. Yeah. Um, I have a Galaxy Brain version of this movie that someone needs to make, or Frank Miller yes. should just make a, like a, a comic book of. You know what? 
he very well might have written this or, or something like it because he has written, he has Ro- written uh, RoboCop yeah, he, comics. He's, ri- he's written comics of RoboCop and RoboCop versus Terminator are the two that he's written. Yeah. Um, yes. But uh, my version that I want to see is basically kind of like uh, an homage to the Lone Wolf and Cub Samurai films, yeah. Um, yeah. which uh, basically The Mandalorian is ripping off. Yep. Um, yep. It's just this uh, father and son. The child is in a cart. Uh, just mm-hmm. like a little like you know stroller um and uh they just go around like feudal japan just like fighting b- gangs um yeah and this movie should just be that it should just be robocop and a little girl just like roaming the cities of detroit just like fighting these like fascist mercenaries and then just like these gangs and shit very loose plot um and that would be so good in terms of like where to take the direction of the of of the universe i guess because like you could i don't know if like ocp would be just gone like out of business or whatever but at the very least you could keep the angle that like it's struggling to 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 float um and so like maybe they had to do cutbacks and like robocop can just leave because like they don't have like they don't have like computer programmers keeping them on the leash anymore because of like economic things like economic concerns um but yeah, th- th- there's a lot that you could go go with that direction. Yeah, and it's just, um, you know, we get this movie instead. Um, there was a RoboCop comic book last year that um, RoboCop, like, was not an OCP officer anymore, and he teams up with, like, a resistance group. Um, so basically this movie. <laughs> basically this movie, but um, it was a little better, but still not very good. It, it lasted maybe five or six issues i'm not sure if it's supposed to be like a limited run or they just canceled it because no one was buying it but um it's the art is good but it's it's really not worth checking out if you have to buy it if you can get it at a library i look it up folks i can't even remember what it's called but it's it's put out by boom studios i think okay yeah yeah um robocop's just an interesting concept because like it it it's so singular like the movie itself the original one it's such like this this focus of like oh paul verhoeven doing like uh, his first genre film this first sci-fi film and like it it, it's so well received and it's kind of cults like highbrow and lowbrow appreciation but like there have been so many spinoffs and so many like like video games and comic books and like alternate takes on the concept and like i i think with the arguable i mean not that i've read all of them but like with the arguable arguable exception of like number two none of them really hit the same kind of same kind of spot that the first one did. No, I don't think so. I mean, if you asked random people, like, what's your opinion about RoboCop? They'd be like, oh, yeah, I've probably, you know, I've seen the original. I like it. But, like, would they know that there are even two other movies, a remake, plus all these comic books or an animated, you know, series? No, most likely not. I, you know, I don't think they really captured the, the, the popular imagination the way the first one did. So, mm-hmm. another Another example that comes to mind is, like, the Alien series because, like, the first one... And the second one are both very well received, very well remembered. Um, the subsequent subsequent sequels, people just hate that shit. Uh, there have been like comics and video games and stuff. Um, and I think these video properties games are like terrible that no one likes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, that's true. Well, Alien Isolation, people really like yeah, that one. That's about the only one I think. Yeah. Um, my point was though, like I I think these these properties and these concepts would be better served either in comics or video games rather than like trying to drag out a film series like 
just you're, you're not going to recapture the magic. You're not going to recapture the, like the exact like zeitgeist lightning in a bottle that made RoboCop one yeah. what it was. Um, but I, I think you could do a very good comic treatment um, based on on your suggestion at least. Yeah. Um, I mean, you know, maybe Frank Miller's comic book is good. My understanding is that his run on RoboCop um, was he was trying to make up for what happened with this film. Um, he he That's signed up to write the RoboCop comic books because uh, he hated this movie so much. He was like, well, let me tell you what I wanted to actually do here. Um, I think I'm actually going to try to look that up online. Um, yeah. Because I, I, I have plenty of fucking time because <laughs> it's quarantine and the world's ending. But like, <laughs> <laughs> Might as well read some books about the world ending as well. Uh, <laughs> hey. Really, society. Yeah, I mean, that's pretty right? dope. It's I mean, just... I think that's you know that's what these are about. The world's not ending, but society's definitely collapsing. Oh sure, and that's RoboCop to a T. There's some dope art. There, there's one. There's one uh, cover here where there's like, like a shadow kind of Batman guy jumping at. I'll, I'll have to send it to you later. Like jumping, ambushing RoboCop from behind with like a knife. I don't know. Like, nice. <laughs> it's very strange. Does he? Did he draw them too? Uh, I doubt it. it doesn't look like his stuff. Some of the covers look like his stuff, but I don't think the interiors are. Folks, we are doing uh, some, some live action art appreciation here. <laughs> Follow along yeah, with folks, us. Yeah, I, folks, I wish you could see these pictures that we're looking at. Oh, God, some of these are bad, though. Some of these interiors suck. Yeah, some of these, these are definitely, some of these interiors are definitely not Frank Miller. I'll tell you that. But it's it's kind of like charmingly shitty. Like '90s cartoons yeah. are very like, or, or '90s like cartoons and in comics. Like th- there's a certain like kind of graininess to them that I I enjoy. Like not not sincerely. Like yeah, it's, I, I will say it, it is very much of its time, but not in like a terrible way. Yeah. Just you know, a time capsule that kind of that kind of idea. <laughs> sure. Uh, anyway, to, to polish off this episode of this movie that we hate. To finish um, off this episode, uh, much like the gang finishes off uh, Alex Murphy in the first RoboCop, just put a <laughs> fucking bullet in his skull. <laughs> a bullet in his skull. <laughs> um, oh, I guess um, the movie ends. He he kills the the rehab officer uh, with a bomb. He flies away. Um, Him and Dr. Lazarus and the child just fly away. <laughs> yeah, they, they zoom away to safety. Uh, President Mako is like... He's like, oh, good job. And he bows to Robocop. Yeah, yeah he just bows to him. It's incredible. And then Rip Torn. Oh, my. They rip off the they end of the off, first yeah. one. Because mm-hmm. Rip Torn's disgraced. He's the he's a fail son of the movie, by the way. Just oh, completely incompetent sure. CEO. Yeah. He's like, oh, well, what's your name, son? They call you Robocop, don't no, they? No, they say, he, he's no, like, they call you Murphy, don't they? They call you Murphy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like, my friends call me Murphy. You can call me Robocop. <laughs> Yeah. Cut to black, score score blares. Because in the first one, they ask him, what's his name? The old man, actually, Dan Hurley, asks him, what's your name, son? And he's like, Murphy. Yeah. Um, because which, is, which makes sense, because he regains his humanity right. to some extent. And this one is just movie. like, well, there's no such thing as humanity. Nothing matters. Here, you, here we are. <laughs> well, no, it, it's even worse. It's like, oh, he can have the good shit when he wants it and be a human with his friends, but he can also be a cool, super badass when he wants to be at the same time. Like, there's... There's no sacrifice. There's no like issues of identity. There's, there's, it's all fixed. Yeah. 
It's all good. No, That's it. I mean, there's absolutely no character work in, in in the third film. There's there's barely any character work in the second one. There's a little bit about like Alex Murphy and like his his wife and you know kind of um, he stalks yeah. his wife and kid. He like mm-hmm. just like drives through the neighborhood and there's a little bit of work done there, um, but you know here it's it non-existent. Where there it's negligible. Yeah. Um, workers of note. Um, besides the the actors that we appreciate, do we have anyone um, anyone that's not top build? Uh, yeah, sort of. Uh, <laughs> so I just, I just this is a potpourri of um, random people in the uh, in the in the music department here. Um, I have Tom Boyd. He is a musician. Uh, he is the oboe soloist. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, I don't have an ear for music. Um, I don't really know what an oboe sounds like, but I, I don't know. I guess there's there's an oboe solo in the score, so cool. Good for him. <laughs> well, I think you're being unfair to yourself. You you have a good musical appreciation and taste. Like you, You've just like recommended stuff to me in the past. That, that's good. Um, but yeah, I, like, I get what you're saying. Like Identifying specific instruments yes, I'm in, terrible in, in a that. film score is, is tricky. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. I do have good taste. I recommend everybody just listen to Irish rebel songs. That's all I've listened to <laughs> for a year. And Pete Seeger. <laughs> That's all. That's all you need. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, but yeah, so kudos to Tom Boyd. Uncredited, so special kudos. Um, mm. This is an interesting one. Here is maybe our uh, our, our film term of, of the episode. Um, so we have Mark McKenzie. He is the orchestrator. He's also uncredited. Mm. Um, I don't know what that is, but I looked it up and uh, careerexplorer.com tells us that an orchestrator <laughs> is uh, he, he's someone who takes a composer's theme and expands the theme into a, a full orchestral piece. Um, so usually it's written for like piano or guitar, but the orchestrator expands it for a larger group of musicians, just like Tom Boyd, the oboist. That's pretty cool. I, I imagine like um, I'm trying to think of an example, like adaptations where, like like a TV series gets a movie, like they they would it, like if they have to elevate or like make make the the TV like a, the theme like right. a, a pre-established theme for like a, a series more complex. I imagine that's where an orchestr- orchestrator would come into play. Yeah, for sure. Um, cool. And then uh, finally, uh, just uh, uh, Basil Polidorus, who is the actual composer of this, but he yep. is uncredited as the conductor and the music producer. Um, so I assume when um, the orchestrator, Mark McKenzie, figured out, okay, this is what um, how I should expand this, this score that Basil Polidorus did, then Basil Polidorus himself actually conducted uh, the orchestra. So he was uncredited for the conduction uh, of the orchestra, but he's obviously credited as a composer. So uh, whatever, fuck it. Uh, <laughs> I mean, from the likes of Fred Decker, I don't really, I'm not expecting much. Yeah. <laughs> like. um, but Doris, cool guy. We've mentioned him before. Uh, he composed both Conan films, RoboCop, the first one, yeah. this one, Starship Troopers, and... Uh, Paul Verhoeven's film Flesh and Blood, which is a uh, 1500s uh, action film starring Rucker Hauer uh, and, J- and Jennifer Jason that's, Lee. It's pretty interesting. Check it out. That's pretty fucking dope. Yeah. That, that sounds really interesting. It's pretty interesting. crazy. It's, I believe, 
on maybe Amazon streaming. I'm not sure. It's on some streaming okay. service, but it's it's pretty cool. Um, there's one part where they like they catapult. This is relevant to uh, uh, coronavirus. Uh, <laughs> they catapult uh, like plague ridden dogs over a, a castle Damn. wall. <laughs> hell yeah. <laughs> oh, that's that's fucking dope as hell. Yeah. I just I just did a quick oh my god wait. Hey 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 listeners to our podcast that this audio based medium I just did another uh visual just another Google search <laughs> for the flesh and blood it just yeah like the aesthetic looks really fucking awesome um, yeah there's some there's some like striking stills so I guess uh grab grab your device and look up flesh plus blood yes it is stylized as some, flesh get some, uh, the symbol plus blood so that's how you have to search folks um yeah this is yep. a very interactive episode we want you to search with yes. us. <laughs> coming to you from uh, ocp consumer products uh we are we're bringing the the visual podcasts here to your <laughs> to your doorstep uh basically we, re, we we just reinvented television yep um yeah but this is not a uh live streamed on uh youtube uh podcast where we could perhaps share our screens with you <laughs> <laughs> um I, I guess one quick uh, worker of note. Uh, I will shout out Frank Miller. Um, I know he's gotten something of a controversial and checkered reputation um, over the past few years. I, I would say within the last decade, um, especially his notorious comment, his anti-Occupy oh God. Wall Street yeah. comments. <laughs> um, but he, and, and we, we, we touched on this in the Spirit yeah. episode that we did way back when, um, last year. He, he did apologize for those comments and he's he, he's not like full-on leftist, but he's like, yeah, I was on pain medication and i should not have said that like basically so like kudos to him um whatever you think of his politics and his very real uh misogyny he i think he's like a very talented uh writer and artist and he's like one of the biggest names in the industry um and and he's he's a halfway decent decent screenwriter too just judging by robocop too yeah i think that's accurate i mean i still think there there's a lot of value in 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 some of his um especially his early stuff like Batman Year mm-hmm. One, Ronin, um, some of the Sin City stuff's fine. Um, Daredevil, of course, you know, I think um, right. instrumental in making that character actually matter for once. Uh, <laughs> yeah, D- Daredevil was a ridiculous, no, like literal copy and paste of Spider-Man before before he got his hands yeah. on him. Yeah. Um, by all accounts, Frank Miller's most recent uh, Dark Knight um I guess ending to the trilogy of the Dark Knight, Dark Knight Rises. Oh, the Dark Knight Return. No, it's, yeah, returns. It's Dark Knight, or, yeah. Dark Knight Returns, and then Dark Knight Master no, 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 Race. No. Isn't that? Uh, no, no. What it, are these? It's, what are these? The Dark Knight Returns. Yes, Dark Knight it, Returns. The Dark Knight Returns. The Dark Knight Strikes yes. Again, and then Dark Knight the Master, Master Race. Race. Um, people like it. Although I will tell you this, I was looking it up, and Donald Trump exists in the universe, and he's friends okay, with the I, Joker. I have to read this. <laughs> He's, he's, he's friends with the Joker. <laughs> okay, it's that kind of batshit insanity. That's I like that. I fucking like, like, like Donald Trump like, is the president in in uh, Dark Knight: The Master Race, and the, and him and the Joker are like trying to like I don't know kill the world or something. That's fuck it. That's good. I like that. <laughs> it looks. I like. It looks sh- nuts. Fuck me, but that that is that is inspired. Like it's it's so obvious, and it's just right there. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Um. So check it out, folks. Um. I think yeah. it's like being written as we speak. Like it's it's a fairly long series. Um. Yeah. I don't think I don't think it's done yet. No. Yeah. Um. Yeah. It, it's called uh, the Dark Knight Three: The Master Race. Yes. Yeah. 
Actually, I think there's a sequel to that even. Like, I think that's what he's working on is the sequel to the Master Race one. And it's part of, like, the, the DC Black label. Oh, yeah. I don't know. That's so weird. Okay, so there are nine issues which are done. And there is a sequel. Um, There is a sequel coming. Yeah, yeah. Part of the the Black Label stuff. A, a, a fourth miniseries to conclude the story. Yes. Cool. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Yeah, give it to me. Right in my veins. <laughs> uh, so closing thoughts on RoboCop 3. What do you... That movie we spent maybe twenty percent of this episode talking yeah, about. Yeah, in case you forget, yeah, <laughs> which film we were talking about. It's RoboCop Three. Um, yeah, so uh, a broke recommendation. Um, I would recommend this film to uh, just uh, dullards. If you're a dullard, just <laughs> watch this movie. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> Uh, just download okay. it illegally like we did. Don't actually pay for this movie. I think it's actually not free on like one. Vudu or one of those like weird ass like streaming services. They sure. have to watch like sure. fifty commercials brought to you by Walmart. Um, but hey, you can pretend some of them are the real OCP commercials, and they and they probably are, folks. In this dystopian yeah. world we live in. Um, but yeah, it sucks. Don't watch. <laughs> uh, woke recommendation. Um, show this to dumb idiot kids who want to be cops. Because it's so boring and aimless that maybe they'll just give up on that dream and you can nip that one in the bud. Yeah. Yeah. Inshallah. Yeah. That's <laughs> it. Just, it, it's it's not entertaining. It's The violence isn't like pleasing on even like at a visceral shallow level. It's just dull to watch. And yeah, e, e, the the little bright spots that we mentioned, like we really had to dig for Oh, them. yeah. For sure. Uh, bespoke recommendation is to never watch movies again uh, and read books instead. And yes. uh, our first two recommendations. And, comic, and books. comic books. Yeah, those are fine, of course. Um, they have book in the title. It's fine. <laughs> um, but uh, so the first two you should start with, uh, you should read uh, Our Enemies in Blue uh, by Christian Williams, um, published by AK Press. Uh, I think it's on sale right now because AK Press is doing kind of like a sale on ebooks uh for our quarantine times i think you get this book for like two bucks um it's just a history of uh, policing uh predominantly in america um a little bit of the uk as well because the you know our form of policing uh, is also um, kind of inherited from um, a little bit of the british system as well uh but uh yeah i mean it kind of just plots you know from like uh a slave um you know um patrols to patrols, today yeah. um and it's it's really interesting um and then there is the end of policing by alex s vitale uh verso books which i believe uh their whole catalog is um uh, also uh d- discounted right now because of the quarantine so uh, I haven't read that one, but uh, I think it's pretty similar. Just saying, cops suck. Um, but maybe he has um, some more, um, you know, prescriptive ideas of uh, what to do next. So that and just the the fact that you mentioned the color blue—that's another thing. I like another missed opportunity. Um, when the quote unquote good cops were fighting the the rehab cops, it was blue versus gray, and it's like, oh, civil war. Maybe they're trying oh, to like, yeah. build or something. But no, they're too stupid for that. No, they're they're just dumb. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just, they're just that i think that's how we should end this episode yeah uh they're just dumb. they're just dumb you are not folks you are smart 
because you listen to this podcast. <laughs> Cops and Fred Decker, they're just dumb. <laughs> All right. Hopefully we'll we'll be back Stay next safe. time, folks. See- <laughs> yeah, hopefully hopefully you will too. <laughs> Bye.